And now, a word from our sponsors. Now available on Amazon.com in print and Kindle. From Sweetie Cat Press, the who's who of emerging writers 2021, which includes the bios of 128 modern day writers and seven essays by writing influencers. The bios answer the questions. What do they write? Where do they live? When did they start writing? Why do they write? And how you can find out more about them and more. I'm Christopher Bice. I'm the author of a New Age poetry book called Escaping the Darkness, Running from My Dreams. This isn't one of your grandmother's poetry books. Okay, I do some traditional poetry of love, death, and inspirations. But I also write about all the insanity hiding in my mind. Come experience the stories that are fleeing a tortured mind. Ride the wave of emotion and fear. Shed a tear, find the light, or maybe learn to fear the darkness. We're in the final countdown. Look for my book, Escaping the Darkness, coming this June. And tell your grandma to stay away. Submissions are now open until August 1st for the Sweetie Cat Press Anthology, The Whole Wide World. The submissions should be episodes of no more than 3,000 words and as few as 50 words about the worldwide adventures of Detective Curly Knucklewad and his assistant, Miss Wanda Wowser, as they go on a manhunt for the unknown thief of the limp noodle sauce recipe stolen from the secret government food laboratory in San Francisco. Submission guidelines are in the blog section of the Sweetie Cat Press website at sweetiecatpress.com. That's sweetiecatpress.com. S-W-E-E-T-Y-C-A-T-P-R-E-S-S dot com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. My name is Eddie, and this is my life as an American nerd. I have taken over this podcast. You will no longer be hearing Dave's voice. You will be hearing mine. When I was asked to do this podcast, I was pretty much um, taken back by the actual word of nerd. I said, yes, I'll take over the podcast. And when I thought of the name, wasn't too fond of it. Now, let's see. An American nerd, which says uh, American nerd is in the Webster Dictionary. It pretty much it means a person devoted to intellectual, academic, or technical pursuit of interest. What does that mean? For me, looking back when I was a kid at the word nerd, it meant something different than what it means today. When I picture a nerd, I, I, I picture somebody from the movie Revenge of the Nerds, a guy with high waters, bow tie, glasses. And uh, when I thought of this name, that's pretty much what I, I thought of. 
I remember watching a video of the Beastie Boys, and it was a fight for your right to party. And they had a nerd in that video. He was wearing the bow tie, uh, white shirt, collared shirt, and a pair of glasses with tape right in the middle right here. A piece of tape that held his glasses together. And uh, that's pretty much what I thought a nerd would be or look like. Someone unstylish or socially awkward person. A socially awkward person. That doesn't define who I am. But the other definition, academic, intellectual. I like to think of myself as an intellectual. And technical pursuit of interest. Well, I love technology. Uh, since I was a kid, I always followed technology. I uh, used to purchase new CD players, new record players, new mixers, um, keeping current with pretty much new computers. I was always interested in uh, technology. So if that defines me as a nerd, I guess that's what I am. But then again, today's society looks at a nerd as somebody, it, it welcomes the word nerd. A nerd is somebody that also reads comic books, likes board games, likes video games. That would define who I am. I play video games. I'm often on... Uh, on the Xbox or the Switch, playing uh, Fortnite with my kids, my family. And we play pretty much as a family. I play quite a bit. That today is my version of playing video games. Is sitting at home for hours and playing with the kids on Fortnite. And sometimes I'm even playing with the kids. I play online with uh, different people. I think... Uh, I'm not sure if that would define me as a nerd, though. The board game portion, I, I love collecting board games, and I find myself wanting to collect more, purchasing more. My wife likes to say, you're wasting your money. You have a collection of board games that you don't even play, which is true. Some of the board games I've had, I've opened, looked at, and awed at them, and... Uh, never played them some of the board games i've purchased was during the quarantine so i had nobody to play with but my older son and even then i didn't play them as much but i do collect them comic books i've been collecting quite a bit of comic books i mainly collect them for the graphics however i do find some of them quite interesting when I read them and then I want the next book, next book and got a couple of boxes of comic books, short boxes, long boxes, quite a collection, but I've been collecting more of the art from several comic book artists, particular, some of the lady death comics from coffin comics, Dan Mendoza. I first started collecting his stuff with the, the, the book um, zombie trap. Um, which I first bought the book, and the book was the first series of uh, collection that had been combined into one book, and there was supposed to be a second one. I found myself, I found myself uh, buying more and more because of the 
covers from Dan Mendoza. And he went on to do other projects, which I followed, followed his, um, his Kickstarters, as well as uh, Brian Polito. I've collected quite a few, actually. In our bedroom, we have um, this wall collection of comic book covers, um, signed, autographed. There's a lot of variant covers as well. I just enjoy collecting art, as you can see. I have a wall behind me of art um, throughout my house. I have uh, quite the collection. My wife collects quite a bit of horror art. She enjoys certain art from uh, artists that are local, and she's purchased some art from some comic book writers as well. We've uh, got quite a collection of pops too, Funko Pops throughout the house. Uh, our uh, our house, our entire house is just filled with toys that are stone boxes, toys, <laughs> uh, Funko Pops statuettes in every room our children have the same thing my uh, daughter sophie she collects um pops from funko and they're stranger thing pops she has a complete series of all kinds of stranger thing pops and uh, that's what she collects she collects also twilight dolls and figures my son's room, he's got quite a collection of Star Wars pops, um, a huge collection in his room of different toys, a collection of toys. Uh, and same with, with me, I have quite a collection of toys myself. Uh, I've collected uh, throughout the years and throughout my childhood. I I still have uh, some of the toys from my childhood, the Boba Fett uh, toys that I collected when I was uh, a young child in the 80s and also in the early 1990s collecting some boba fett statuettes toys and some of them are unboxed why we don't take upon the box i guess we're collectors and i guess that would define me as a nerd because we collect different toys statuettes funko pops just a large variety of different things throughout our house. And my children have the same interest. My wife has the same interest. As I grew older, I think I became a nerd. I chose to keep the name. My public life as an American nerd, I chose to keep it based on who I am today. My life has been very personal, quiet. I don't give so much detail out about who I am. I love music. I, I, I love listening to some of the rock stars from my era and some of the new music today. A lot of music defines who I am. I find music in my life coincide with each other. Different songs that I can remember as a child that goes through my memories. I seem to grasp onto certain songs and remember a certain moment of my life. Actually, my collection of music that's in my Spotify is called Music of My Life. And it truly is. I, I, I love music. My father listened to 50s music as I was growing up, doo-wop and 
oldies. I grew up listening to oldies when I was really young. And he would always play the doo-wop songs. He would always reminisce how he was a child and he went to junior high school with uh, Richie Valens. He'd talk about that often. And I would listen to his music. My dad would sing to most of the songs. And as I got older, uh, my mom was into more country music, the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. And Elvis, my mom was a huge Elvis fan. And I grasped that sort of music as well. I remember growing up listening to both types of music. And uh, in my childhood, I was raised with one brother and three sisters. Because of the, demogra- the demographics of where we lived, is La Puente, California, community in the Los Angeles County area. Uh, today, it's a little bit worn down and kind of a bad area. But as I was growing up, it was okay area. But we were in an area that was uh, surrounded by gangs and a lot of Mexicans. That was the surrounding portions of our our area from where I grew up. My brothers and sisters all went to a public high school. They were used to listening to R&B. That's about the time when rap was just barely starting out from the Sugar Hill Gang. And I can remember listening to some of those songs as well. That was a big influence on me, uh, R&B. Um, listening to Michael Jackson as he was coming of age and growing out of his shell from the Jackson 5. Listening to Rick James. Just a lot of artists back then. That pretty much got me started in the same Prince. For those of you that know me very well, know me as a huge Prince fan. A lot of you that don't know me at all wouldn't think I was a Prince fan. Prince had a large influence on my childhood growing up. His music coincided with a lot of my memories. Most of my memories, I should say. I remember listening to the 1999 album for the very first time on the cassette on a Walkman. That album was before he became really big with the Purple Rain. And that album influenced me, especially the song Free. That whole album, in my opinion, is the best album he's ever put out. Some may argue that Sign of the Times is a good album. That would be my second album from Prince. I went to a Catholic school from second grade on up to my 12th grade high school years. My brothers and sisters all went to a public school during their high school years. Being in a Catholic high school, I grew up around a lot of Caucasians, a lot of whites, which kind of influenced me. It did influence me to listening to more rock music, heavy metal, new wave, growing up in the new wave era, listening to Duran Duran, Bill Idol, The Culture Club, also listening to Sushi and the Banshees, The Cure, Depeche Mode, listening to K-Rock, growing up to a lot of that music while I was in high school, had a very different upbringing than my brothers and sisters had. For the longest time, I never realized it, but I always was told, you don't sound Mexican. 
even throughout my career, I was told that. And I think that has a lot to do with how I was raised and who I went to school with and the type of school that I went to, type of music I listened to. My favorite rock band at that time was Van Halen. My very first record that I bought was Women and Children First from Van Halen. That was my first record I ever owned. I still have it today. I own some records that I've saved throughout my childhood. A lot of them being prints. Oh my gosh, I have a huge collection of Prince albums. But I also have some heavy metal albums as well. Some old classic rock. My genre of music is so wide. You wouldn't believe that some of the music that I enjoyed when I was growing up was Hollow Notes. They were a duel that would mainly sing top 100 songs, popular music on the radio. It was a lot of um, upbeat songs. I'd also look in, I would also listen to Billy Joel. Billy Joel, in my opinion, was a great musician, great songwriter. Ellen John, listened to Ellen John quite a bit. Queen was another band that I listened to. Enjoy. I have a huge collection of CDs right now. Growing up, I started collecting different music, different going from CD to album. I'm sorry, going from cassette to album to CD. I collected quite a few crates, albums, records, vinyl, and um, quite a bit of CDs. I've had thousands of CDs at one time and sold them. And now I'm going back and purchasing. It's part of a hobby of mine now, purchasing record albums and CDs. I still have a large collection of CDs, but there's still a lot of them that I wish I never would have got. That I wish I wouldn't have gotten rid of. The CDs that I listen to varies from rock, doo-wop, R&B, country, classic rock, rap. Rap music was um, part of my growing up as well. Coming from the LA County area, I would uh, listen to NWA. But before that, in the 80s, the early 80s, listening to the Beastie Boys and Run DMC and listening to LL Cool J, Curtis Blow, KRS-One, listening to rap as it originated from the beginning and listening to the punk rock scene from the Ramones to Blondie, Talking Heads, listening to those bands as well and watching rap transfer over. The culture of rap is a huge interest of mine. And now listening to rap today, it's so different, but it still interests me. There are some uh, catchy tunes, but music today doesn't grasp my attention as much as it did in the past. Uh, During the 90s, uh, listening to a lot of rock during that time, Nirvana, Alternative Rock, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I remember going to um, the first Lollapalooza in 1991 or 1992, going to Lollapalooza and watching uh, Ice Cube and watching uh, Ice Tea with Body Count. 
hit the stage, the same stage that my favorite rock bands like Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, sync that mixture of music, Jane's Addiction. I love Jane's Addiction. You know, listening to that, the mixture of culture and music at the Lollapalooza is so awesome, especially hearing some of those bands for the very first time. It was like hearing New Wave for the first time. I'm 52 years old, by the way. 52 seems so old. <laughs> I remember my grandfather when I was younger at 52, and I remember my father at 52. And I thought, man, that's so far away. They look so old. And uh, I look at myself now at 52. Wow. But uh, listening to New Way for the very first time, Duran Duran, this is planet Earth, planet Earth, hit the TV. I was blown away by the change of music. Listening to The Cure, Depeche Mode. Some of those bands were such a huge change, shift in music, as were the 90s with alternative music, grunge, Nirvana. For the first time, listening to Nirvana, Teen Spirit, replacing bands like Poison, Motley Crue. Metallica came out just a few years before them and it was that was even a change in rock listening to heavy metal metallica and guns and roses they survived the transfer from the 80s to the 90s as rock music was changing to alternative rock i have a lot of that music collection the 90s was a great era of rock bands one of my favorite bands of all times next to Van Halen was STP, Stone Temple Pilots. I love listening to Scott Weiland's voice, watching him on stage, being able to go to his concerts and listening to his music, watching him so charismatically take the stage, control the audience. That to me was pure rock and roll. Also, Seeing for the first time Rage, Rage Against the Machine. I was able to get tickets. I had a friend in the who worked for a radio station, a couple of friends that worked for radio stations, and I was able to get tickets from them. And uh, being able to see like 40 concerts in one year was amazing. Being able to be second row from the stage at a Rage show, Rage Against the Machine. Just turning and watching the audience just nonstop bounce and listening to that music just thump bottom of my feet. You could feel the energy, feel the music. They're supposed to do a comeback tour last year. COVID hit. They're supposed to do Coachella. I think they're going to do another show sometime soon. But I'd love to see them again. Red Hot Chili Peppers was great. It's still great. Music of my mind. A little bit of everything, a little bit of doo-wop, a little bit of rock and roll, from old rock and roll, Buddy Holly, Little Richard. My, my father was a huge Little Richard fan, by the way, and which doesn't surprise me that I became a Prince fan when I was older. He loved Little Richard just as so much as I loved Prince. And I remember uh, 
when I was much older in my 30s, getting him tickets to go see Little Richard for Father's Day. He and J. Lee Lewis and Chuck Berry. But when Little Richard took the stage watching my father, my father in his 60s just looked like a little kid in a candy store when Little Richard hit the stage. Watching that big smile on his face, tapping his foot, snapping his fingers. And at one moment, I ran to the stage. I had like, hey, calm down. He was excited to see his childhood hero play some of his favorite songs. I was able to see Prince during his Purple Rain tour, his Love Sexy tour. I went to both of those concerts. I actually seen him during the Sign of the Times when he first came out with that album, playing it, the song Sign of the Times at the MTV Music Awards. I couldn't get tickets to the MTV Music Awards, but Prince loved to make drive-by appearances at small venues. And that night, that afternoon, actually, before MTV Music aired, there was an announcement on the radio that some tickets were being sold at Reseda Country Club, a country club. And it was a concert by Prince. I drove to that country club. I was able to get in. More than half the people that were trying to get tickets weren't allowed in because there's so many celebrities that cut in front of lines and just walked right in. It was a small venue, watching Prince at close, and that was such a treat. Having tickets to Purple Rain sitting in the bleach area for the first time, that was really astonishing. I have quite a collection of Prince art items as well. I remember just before Purple Rain came out and premiered, I was at the mall. I was young, around 13, 14, 13, I'd say. I was at the mall. And at the mall, they're showing previews of movies that were coming out. They were doing surveys. They come up to me and they said they had four movies to choose from if I would like to do it. And I would do a survey after the movie. I said, sure, I'll do it. You have to be 18 years old. I said, I am 18. They gave me the survey to fill out after the movie. I got to watch Purple Rain before it was premiered. And I was given as a gift a purple and white umbrella that said Purple Rain on it. I still have that umbrella today, along with other stuff that I've collected from Prince. So going to the sign of the times, you see the country club, watching Prince perform live in front of celebrities it was awesome. The following year, I went to a Love Sexy tour that, in my opinion, was the greatest tour, the greatest uh, concert I've ever been to. He did all his hits, going back and doing melodies of certain songs. Watching him be so theatrical in the concert was awesome. It was great. I remember that concert very well. And now I have a tape of that concert. I also have an album of that concert and a CD of that concert. Not the exact one that I went to, but pretty much is exact same song lineup, the exact same uh, songs that he sang when I went to the concert. Gives me memories from when I was there. It was a great concert. My opinion, one of the best concerts I've been to. And I've been to a lot of concerts. I even went to a Billy Joel and a John concert. 
they performed together for four hours. That was a good concert that I went to. Seeing Prince then stopped there. I saw him again as I got older. He did a musicology tour. I remember going to Staples Center. I got tickets from his uh, website. They sold them to fans. I happened to be in his fan club, so I got tickets. And we sat like 17 rows from the front of the stage. But I also bought tickets for the following night. I got to see the same tour twice. Once from 17 rows from the front and the other three rows from the front. Again, watching him do some of his songs from the past with some of his new songs. He's quite the genius, the artist, the performer. And then his passing in 2016, that affected me quite a bit. Out of any musician, out of any actor who's ever died, that particular one affected me quite a bit. I remember I was in the hospital at the time, that exact day, reading on the news, turning on my phone and looking at the news as well, getting calls and texts to my phone from friends that knew me well, getting calls from my wife, telling me Prince died. I felt, it felt like a, a part of my childhood, a part of my memories had passed, had gone away. Really strange, because I never met the guy, but he impacted my life so much. I can remember certain songs during parts of my life. And that's how my whole life is. It's just all this music. I can remember certain songs and the moment that I listened to them, those songs playing in my head with the memories that went along with them. Music in some ways influenced me quite a bit. Influenced my thoughts, the way I think, the way I enjoy life. It's helped me through different relationships. Music has actually been so much of my life that is actually therapy for me. Throwing on a song because I wouldn't open up too much about my life. I wouldn't open up too much about a lot of things, such as my feelings, what I thought. So I'd sit there and listen to music with my headphones on, trying to drown myself in music. I was never an alcoholic or a drug addict. Uh, music, in a way, was my drug, collecting music, spending a lot of money on music. I think I had an addiction to music, uh, but it did a lot of, to my opinion, healing a lot of times I'd go and just listen to music. That's why I labeled the list of music that I have on Spotify, music of my mind. Huge part of who I am. You're going to learn a lot about me because the public life is an American nerd public. Yeah, I'm going to open up quite a bit, tell some stories, and bring on certain people as guests, yeah, we're going to have guests on the show. I'm going to have comic book writers, artists, actors. When we get to video, a lot of people that I've spoke to said to do the podcast with me. I've done podcasts before. This isn't the first podcast I'm doing. I've done them before uh, with certain comic book artists like Brian Polito, who 
owns Coffin Comics and uh, was the founder of Lady Death, one of the oldest running comic books. I've interviewed him. I've interviewed Don Matig, J.P. Roth, Dan Mendoza, Nightmare Lynch. I had the privilege of interviewing them as well. And there's going to be a lot more on this podcast. A lot of local comic book people. Or not comic book guys. I'm sorry. Uh, artists. That's it. They do podcasts as well. Just recently, about two months ago, I was asked by a friend of mine if I would like to help him put together and organize an expo. An expo called Scarefare. My ability to do, be in sales for so many years, 30 years of sales and marketing, quite a bit of sales and marketing combined. And when he asked me to do this, the things that I knew because of things that I've enjoyed, things that my wife has enjoyed and I have enjoyed through uh, the last few years with my expertise in marketing, I agreed to uh, help out in this with this expo. And I was able to get together quite a expo, Scarefare. I met many artists getting this thing together. Some new comic book artists too. I'm going to consider friends after this. I'm going to bring on this podcast. So I'm going to take you on a ride with me of my life, current and past. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you enjoy my public life as an American nerd. I hope you enjoyed this segment. I'm going to sign off now. Thank you for listening to my life as an American nerd. My public life as an American nerd is say, signing off. Thank you for listening. This is Eddie.